Hey guys, this is Justin Goodhart. The episode that you're about to hear kind of has a, interest, a, a weird start. I would definitely call it a weird start. There was no formal introduction. I just started talking and decided that this had to be the introduction because it perfectly encapsulates my current anger with the sports world, despite the fact that the sports world's been pulling off sports phenomenally. I've just been very unhappy with what the results have been for specifically Philadelphia teams, but yeah, so just enjoy this opening dialogue as I just explode all over the place. Everything about the Philadelphia Eagles organization right now is a dumpster fire. GM's Carson's a, not playing well. Carson's the, playing the, terribly. The GM is terrible. The, the head coach literally yeah. quit on the team last week. Yeah. It's yeah. bad. They deserve to be – firstly, I, I would say they deserve to be 0-3, but they deserve the embarrassment of that tie so badly. They deserve to be 0-2-1. and And after this game against San Francisco, and they're going to get lit up by 30 because they're a pathetic, can't-do-shit-right organization right now. They're going to be 0-3-1. Yeah. You're going to have a bunch of stupid Philadelphia fans going off about how uh, – uh, uh, oh my God, we didn't see this 0-3-1 start coming last week. No, we thought we were going to go into San Francisco and win by 50. <laughs> and then everyone's going to be talking about how it's Carson's fault. And everyone's going to be talking about how it's how it's Doug's fault. And no one's going to pay attention to the real issues, which is is a poorly constructed roster and that there's nothing we can do. Like they're already yeah. Deshaun Jackson's already pulled out. They have no receivers to play. The tight ends aren't showing up. The running backs can only do so much. The offensive line shit. The quarterback stu- sucks and really can't. He what else is he I, supposed I, to do? I, I have to ask like. Realistically, what did you what, what did Eagle fans expect with Deshaun Jackson? With Deshaun they Jackson, kept, I really thought they he was kept good saying about- like like oh like he's you know we're going to be good now that Deshaun's healthy you know we're going to be a world beater like did you I, really expect to be a world beater? I really thought he was going to be healthy. I really did. I don't know why I believed it. I don't know what I saw after last year. You know what it was? It was the first game he came back. He had those yeah. big touchdowns, and I thought mm-hmm. if you can get this guy to be healthy, it's going to be perfect. Well, yeah. But yeah. he's not healthy, and I he won't, and he won't ever be healthy. That. And it sucks no. because I love Deshaun Jackson. He's a great, he's a great player, and I think that he's one of the better Eagle receivers we've had, at least in watching my life in my lifetime. But mm-hmm. at this point, at 33 years old, you can only expect so much out of him. You you can't you can't expect him to be 26. And worst of all, you're giving your quarterback nothing to work with, and he's already struggling as it is. Your running back literally has to be your offense, and he can only and he's only a second year player. Howie Roseman is a fucking disgrace. He is a he's awful. fucking disgrace at this he's point. He's awful. He has it, lived he has lived long enough to see himself become the villain. I mean, like, everybody likes to, to point out the DK Metcalf or taking JJ uh over DK Metcalf. And like that's that's kind of the hot topic. But that really is pretty much one move which summarizes his tenure as a GM. Now, granted, he went into it with a win now mentality, right? And it worked. They won now. They won in 2017. But now the organization is feeling the repercussions of that. I mean, you gave up, what, two two first-round picks or at least one first-round pick for, for Carson? Well, we recouped that. Okay, we okay. Did, we did recoup uh, that. With, here's what we gave up. Here's what happened. They invested all of this money to be pushed down the road when they came when they restructured contracts because they were trying to win now, which a lot of teams do that. Uh, yeah. But yeah. there were mistakes made in this. For one, you gave Alshon Jeffrey guaranteed money, which you should have never done. 
Uh, the Deshaun yeah. Jackson trade for one year probably would have worked. You gave him three years, $33 million. I don't know how much of that was guaranteed. I'd have to look at the numbers, but I believe there was some of that that was guaranteed as well. You And, and you know, there, there were things that were also outside of his control, I think, that should be mentioned. Andre Dillard was a solid pick in 2018. The idea yeah. that we are going to replace Jason Peters with what is supposed to be, unequivocally, the best tackle in the draft, that I loved the pick. What happened was he sucks. And Jeff Stoutland is the best offensive line coach in football. And if Jeff Stoutland can't get to you, you're a lost cause. So Dillard being a bust, I don't necessarily put on Howie, but it's just kind of another snowball to add on this giant snowball that is turning into an avalanche at this point. Now, you mentioned DK Metcalf. Absolutely. They should have taken him. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was seen as supposed to be like this red zone threat. I think he's had one touchdown in the red zone. One. He's dropped yeah. plenty of passes in the end zone. Plenty. Plenty. There's plenty to go around for that one. Uh, Carson Wentz regressing wasn't expected, but at the same time, when I look at how the offensive line has regressed, yeah. when I look yeah. at how his number one target last week, I believe, was John Hightower. That, or No, it was Greg Ward. And Greg Ward's a good player. Greg Ward's kind of like this, like the little – he's like the little diamond in a mound of shit right now. He reminds me of Jarvis Landry from, I like, I like him know, a lot. five years ago. I love him. You know? Like, That's a guy that he should I, he, he should be around for a long time. I was never excited to watch Miami play, but I was like, you know, at least Juice is going to do some some wild shit. Was that like, his nickname, be, Juice? Be cool. Oh, it's his nickname, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, he'll, he'll, he'll do something. But there were also other things. For one, they never have invested in linebackers, and whether that's because Jim yeah, Schwartz nope. doesn't believe in them or Howie Roseman doesn't view that as a premium asset. But Nathan, well, well, how well Rizul Douglas and Sidney Jones are doing, it, it further makes Jim Schwartz look like a fucking idiot. Is, is Sidney Jones really doing that much better? I don't know. People keep throwing out both those names, but I know that uh, from that what Douglas I understand, is from, top ten. From what I understand, that's just Philly fans being Philly fans. I, from what I understand, they're not necessarily they're not world beaters. Like I can live with the fact mm. that we got rid of both of those. I really didn't care. They, it wasn't going to work out in Philadelphia anyway. But with Jim Schwartz's linebacker situation, you've got Nathan Gary, who has no business being on a football field as a as a middle linebacker. You can make the argument he doesn't belong on the football field. Period. Maybe a special teams guy. Maybe not even going to go ahead and say that. There's other aspects. Uh, they have a third-round pick, Davion Taylor. The dude yeah. never fucking played football. The dude literally had to not play football during high school due to religious uh, 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 obligations. He comes into college. He's nothing more than a. He's nothing more than a fucking experiment at linebacker. And what does Howie Roseman do? Hey, we just drafted Jalen Hurts with our second round pick despite the fact that we need wide receiving help. Let's draft an experiment at third round and hope the guy plays. Dude has not seen the field. The dude has not seen the field once. So if Nathan Gary is going to continually play this, this bullshit, terrible style of play, fuck it. Let's get Davion Taylor in there. Let's see if he can make a couple tackles, and let's go from there. Because Nathan Gary is so lost in coverage, he can't. He can't. He never knows where the play is going. He's one of the worst players I've ever seen put on an Eagle uniform. Uh, but let's see other other guys that have just haven't worked out. I, I'm gonna. You know what? You know what? I'm, I, we're recording right now, dude. So I'm just gonna keep going. So what else is not working? Jalen Mills That's safety. Funny. Everyone loves to shit on Jalen Mills at safety. Eagle fans love this whole "I hate Jalen Mills" thing. It's very popular in Philadelphia. I don't, I, I don't know why, because uh, if you look at his again, this is this is going off of last year. Last year, Jalen Mills was was your best D back, and I'm not saying that because I like the guy. I'm saying that because that's what the numbers say. Quarterback, the average quarterback rating, the average quarterback completion percentage was significantly lower when he was on the field. Well, so. 
it doesn't surprise me. I mean, I don't. I'd have to look at the numbers myself, but I, I would. Say Granted, that, the Eagles' secondary defense exactly needs work. Exactly. So that's the point. Yeah. I mean, uh, now Darius Slay is your guy, but still, Slay's been great. I I've not had one problem yeah. with Darius Slay. He's been. You kind of he, can. He's a beast. If the only thing I'm looking for is interceptions, everything else is perfect. With Jalen Mills, it is the cool thing in Philadelphia to hate on Jalen Mills because they hate the idea. What they they hate the secondary so much, and when they see Jalen Mills wagging his finger and kind of celebrating when it's when they just let up a yeah. big thirty yard play and then a little incompletion happens when they're inside their own 15-yard line and Jalen right. Mills is like, yeah, no, people get mad at that. Here's the reality, Philadelphia. Here, here's the dark reality. Shut up. Shut up because this is all we got. You wanted <laughs> this. And people are like, no, we didn't want Malcolm Jenkins to go. Malcolm Jenkins was burnt toast last year. He was consistently awful. Consistently. So when they got rid of him, I didn't care. They did not adequately replace the situation. Earl Thomas was out there, but all of you would have bitched about Earl Thomas because of something about how he got or he, uh, his wife was cheating on him or whatever the hell that problem was, and then he gets cut by Baltimore. Philadelphia doesn't look at him because they don't look at anyone anymore, and then he ends up in fucking Houston. Yeah. Is that where he went officially? Uh, I think he's expected to, or he is already there. Oh, okay. But, like, yeah. it, it just it, it drives me up a wall with, with this fan base and this team's construction. There is – it's it actually it's actually quite synonymous. Philadelphia fans don't know where the fuck they want their team to be, and neither do the Eagles. They have no idea where they want their team to be. It, it's, it's synonymous. Nothing speaks to it more. And then, oh, my God, all the people on Twitter, all the people I see talking about how bad Carson Wentz is. Oh, my God. I understand a lot of you will hear this and be like, well, you know, you're just a Carson Wentz fanboy. Yes, obviously I'm a Carson Wentz fanboy. I accept this role. But here's the thing. Someone's got to do it. Because when I see someone like, hey, maybe maybe we should get Joe Flacco as our quarterback next year. You know what? Jalen Hurts should start this week against San Francisco. Has the dude ever thrown an NFL pass? No. Is he playing against a pretty good defense and was in the Super Bowl last, last year? Yes. Do we give a shit because we just genuinely hate Carson Wentz for no fucking reason? Absolutely. You can hate on Carson Wentz all you want. This is the best we got. Can he improve? Yes. Will he improve? Not with this structure. Not with this talent core. Nothing will get better with Carson Wentz for as long as the Eagles offense is in the predicament as it is. You consistently go two tight end sets when it clearly doesn't work in the NFL. It's like the Sixers going with five fucking big men on the court when that doesn't work anymore. We're trying to be the 85 Rockets instead of being the 2007 Patriots. So the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup this year. (laughs) (laughs) This is episode 41 of the Fly Guys podcast. Justin Goodard alongside Cameron Klein. (laughs) There are no introductions. We're just going to go right into it. And the thing is, is that it is kind of a weird time in sports. We last month, Cameron, or really back in August, like near the, or actually no, yeah, towards the tail end of August, we mm-hmm. were hit with a sudden burst. We got baseball, yeah. we got hockey, yeah. we got basketball. With that, before I go into the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning winning the cup, what a job the NHL did with the playoffs! What a oh, phenomenal yeah. job! Not one positive COVID test. There was the issue with when the NHL did not cancel games on the day that the NBA decided to uh, boycott their games due to police brutality and supporting Black Lives Matter. But from a strategic standpoint of actually getting this off the ground, from a standpoint of we're going to make this happen, and despite the fact that every living soul on Twitter that was uh, afraid of the pandemic saying we can't have sports for a year, the NHL did it. They did it well. The players took it seriously. And thanks to that collaboration, we have a Stanley Cup champion in the Tampa Bay Lightning for the year of 2020. Who knows when the next season starts? Don't really know. But to be honest, Cameron, it's really not for us to worry about right now. The Tampa Bay Lightning have won the Stanley Cup Finals, erasing their fraud label that I had given them just several months prior. 
Yeah, it was, you know, we, we were rooting for Dallas. Yeah, I was. Right. You know, the better team won at the end of the day. Uh, I was upset for Dallas because there was a lot of guys in Dallas that I, I wanted to win the cup. Joe Pavelski being the big one. I like. I would have loved for him to win one with San Jose, but they weren't ever able to, to put it together for him. But, you know, it's upsetting. But at the same time, you, you got to be happy for certain people. You got to be happy for Steven Stamkos. I'm happy for him. I, I, he's he's a great player. And I one that I think definitely deserves a Stanley Cup. Braden Coburn, a former Flyer, you know, a Flyer Coburn, yeah. veteran, you know. You got to be happy for a guy like him, Matt too. Matt Carl, you know, Luke Shen. Luke Shen, I'm not... <laughs> Luke Shen, I'm not as happy about, but Bray, yeah, I mean, good for Coburn. him. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I it wouldn't. I didn't really smile to that as much. But yeah, like Brayden Coburn, him, him winning it out. That it made me pretty happy actually to see see that name lift you up know, that cup. That was pretty cool. You know what's interesting? The big four Flyers defensemen from that 2010 Stanley Cup Finals run now all have a cup. Matt Carl, Braden Coburn, Kimo Team. Well, wait, is Matt, is Matt Carl still on that team? I think he is. Let me check. I'm pretty sure he is. I feel like I haven't heard Matt Carl's name in like. Maybe he's not. Since like 2012, honestly. Oh, no. You're with the San Jose Sharks. Oh, poor you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's tough, man. When did he join the Sharks? Oh. Huh. Well, it is also entirely possible that Matt Carl has not played in quite some time. I thought he was still yeah. with him. I don't know. Yeah, no, he has not played in a couple of years. Wow, I was really off with that one. That's uh, pretty embarrassing on my part. I don't know. I just assumed that he always just kept playing with the Lightning. All right, whatever. <laughs> I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I don't really care. But um, let's kind of recap. For the Tampa Bay Lightning, let's just kind of go back in time. Let's take us back to the day that they were swept by the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round of the playoffs. The President's Trophy winners, the 62-win team. They mm-hmm. don't get out of the first round. They don't even win a game. They were the first team to ever do that. And also, they were the first team to ever allow the Columbus Blue Jackets to win their first playoff series. Yeah, and they had, they had a temper tantrum on the way out, too. They you know, did. They, they even let it known that they were unhappy. They were unhappy. Their Twitter had the most unbelievable tweet of all time. <laughs> the classic, we know, you know, we don't know what to we say. You're upset. And we know you don't want to hear our words. Like, all that. It was, it was a great meme. But it kind of yeah. brings back to this interesting thing that I've kind of learned in sports. Sometimes you really need a, a devastating loss to overcome it. Virginia, yeah. Virginia's college basketball team, I think, is a great example. Remember how they got beat? But They were the first one seed to ever lose to a 16 seed. And it was embarrassing. And UMBC clowned on them. And, and, and all the other big-time schools, fan bases clowned on them. What do they do the next year? They go and win the NCAA uh, tournament. Pretty impressive for a team that had just the year before not even made it out of the round, uh, the first round. Tampa Bay Lightning, it's the same situation. Sometimes mm-hmm. a brutal loss makes you stronger. And I think that's kind of what we saw with this year's Tampa Bay team. They didn't start out hot. They looked, they looked like they were still haunted from what had happened to them. The early part of the season was not good for them. As a matter of fact, I actually have some numbers pulled up. Cameron, when the season started, when the season started, remember, this was a team that was coming off 62 wins. When you looked up at their at who they were, they were 13 10 and 3, 26 games into the season. Yeah. That's very I, average. I remember that. That was very very yeah. average. And mm-hmm. as time went on, they started to kind of find themselves and before you knew it, they were winning games left and right. As a matter of fact, between their 35th game of the season and their 60th game of the season, they only lost 3 games. That is a yeah. 25 game stretch in which they only lost 3 games. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. yeah. So when the playoffs began, it's like the Lightning just had marquee games one after another, too. 
they had the five-overtime game in game one against Columbus, which was important for them to win. If they didn't win that, Cameron, I mean, come on. Like, it's another yeah, year they, If they didn't Columbus. win that, I don't, yeah, I don't see them going to the Stanley Cup at all. Yeah. So they beat Columbus in the five-overtime game. They end up winning that series in five. So they go to round two where they would take on the Boston Bruins, the mighty Boston Bruins. Remember that this is a team that is supposed to – Boston was the President's Trophy winner this year. Boston also was missing Tuka Rask, and they weren't quite the same team. They go and they defeat the Boston Bruins, pretty handle, handling them very easily, I thought. Despite a game yeah. one where Boston played well, Tampa kind of matched them after that and really just took it to them. Round three, they take on the the – Oh, God, I, I still hate that we lost that series. They take on the New York Islanders, right? Now, the Islanders had just beaten Philadelphia in seven games, a hard-fought seven games, and you thought this is going to be a great series. We're going to find out what wins in the NHL, hard-nosed offense or hard-nosed defense. Yeah. Well, hard-nosed offense just wiped the floor with hard-nosed defense, and the Tampa Bay Lightning, before you knew it, yeah. they were on their way yeah. to the Stanley Cup Finals to take on the very resurgent, very resilient Dallas Stars. And despite a Game 1 loss to Dallas... I mean, Tampa Bay just made very quick work of Dallas to win that series in six games. They deserve it. They're not frauds. John Cooper's more than what we thought. Steven Stamkos, as little as he played, finally gets his ring. And more deservedly, I think Andre Vasilevsky finally gets what I think is he's deserving of. That was a guy that really came up through their farm system. He usurped Ben Bishop as the starting goaltender, wins a Vesna in the process, and now... He's a Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, yeah, he deserves it. It, it was cool to see him win because uh, the guys, a, the kid's a monster. I mean, he's going to be their their future goaltender. I mean, I mean, their their goaltender for the foreseeable future, and he's going to be extremely, extremely difficult to deal with. And and yeah, I think that they learned really well <laughs> because, like you just said, I mean, they lost. I believe the first game against Columbus. They lost the first game against Boston. The Islanders series was really the only series where they won the first game. Actually, no, they, they the, the first game against Columbus was that five overtime one. It was okay, okay, okay. Never mind. So but still, no, went you're, to five overtime. So you're they, right. They still stayed resilient. Whereas, you know, the to credit your point, if they didn't get swept last year to Columbus, right? Let's say they let's say they win that out, right? Let's say they they win that series and they move on. They play against Pittsburgh and they lose. You know. In six games to Pittsburgh, ah, you know, shucks, we lost, but we'll get them next time. Maybe this year doesn't happen. Maybe they go to that five overtime game and they don't win. Maybe they lose that boss, that first Boston game, and and they don't have the resilience to be able to battle back. Maybe Dallas wins in the Stanley Cup final and they think like, damn boys, we we were we were this close, but we're we're, we're still not able to do it. But because I think I agree with you, because I think what they went through last year, every time they lost, they were able to say we've been here before. We know at least what not to do. <laughs> right, because yeah, well, you we know, did, when, we did last time. We were done four yeah. games, so it, they they were resilient enough, and and yeah, as hard as it is for us, uh, a pill for us to swallow, because you know we called John Cooper a, a clown. Well, uh, yeah, so they this deserved is, it. This is the part where we should kind of. Uh, I want to at least own my aspect. I I was so hard against this Tampa Bay team. Hey, we we've all been there. Like I said before in this podcast, I was the same way with with the Washington Capitals and Alex Ovechkin before Barry Trotz came. I I said all the time that Alex Ovechkin will never win a Stanley Cup. He will never win a Stanley Cup. And here we are in 2018, and they won a Stanley Cup. So it happens to everybody. Well, let me be the first to say that Tampa Bay got lucky, and this is totally undeserved, and this doesn't even count as a real cup. (laughs) COVID Cup, yeah. COVID Cup. No, it counts. I I always thought it was going to count. I always thought – 
I mean, really, Tampa Bay, as far as, like, from what I watched them, they lost, let's see, they lost one, two, three, four, five. They lost seven games in these playoffs. If you count the round robin, they're one loss to Philadelphia. Yo, what's up? Man, remember remember that day, Cam? Remember when we beat Tampa Bay and we thought we're really the best team in the East? Yeah, that they was a fun yeah, three days. Yeah, they didn't really look like that afterwards. And there'll be plenty of time to talk about the Flyers and how they're going to move forward. We could talk about the fact they signed Robert Haig to a two-year extension. That doesn't mean they're not going to – by the way, if anyone here thinks that Robert Haig's extension means that he's going to be protected, you're just not correct. <laughs> That's not the case at all. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah. Seattle's probably not going to exercise their rights to take Robert Haig anyway, so I don't – Yeah, right. But getting back to Tampa Bay, in the, in the, in the most important game that they had played since 2004 – they shut out the Dallas Stars. That's not a and, and a lot was made of Dallas's offense. Dallas's offense showed up when it came time to show up in these playoffs. Yeah, that yeah, was, was not a, expecting that. Dallas's offense returned to being like their 2017 glory. And yeah, like they, the thing is, they 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 have the talent for it to be there, but it just wasn't there during the regular season. They just relied on defense and lockdown goaltending, which worked. But yeah, I was not expecting them to all of a sudden just flip the switch and boom, they turned it on. But they did. So, you know, there's not a whole lot more to say about, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning. They deserve it. They're the cup champions. Steven Stamkos finally has a cup. It it honestly kind of hurts to know that Steven Stamkos gets a cup before Claude Giroux. But Flyers didn't deserve it. The Islanders did not deserve it. Boston certainly didn't deserve it. Dallas didn't deserve it. Tampa Bay played pretty fantastic hockey over the last eight months. And I'm glad that... Oh, the most deserving team won the cup. You have to remember one thing about this Tampa Bay team. If if you're going to get into a defensive battle with them and you think that's going to be the way to win, well, they've shown you throughout these playoffs that that is not how you're going to do it. It's just not how it's going to work. Yeah, they're, they, they, it is the other interesting thing, too, is that they never really changed their game plan. They never really adjusted to beat you defensively. They just put more chips in their offensive basket, really. Well, the other thing... Where, they had that mentality of, of you can score seven goals, but we're going to score eight. And they just, they amped that up to, to the 10th degree. I thought they did a playoffs. really good job with how they structured their defense throughout the season. They really seemed... Oh, to- yeah, I'm not saying they're a bad defense at all. No, they're a great defense. I'm just saying they, they never switched like a defensively schemed mindset. They kept on the, well, the hey, super offensive. Well, when you've got Nikita Kucherov, Andre Palat, Steven Stamkos, yeah. and all those guys, like, why would you even switch it up? Like, don't... <laughs> right. Like, right. yeah, it didn't work last year. And if it didn't work this year, we'd be ha-ha in your face. But it worked, so I can't make fun of it. Tampa Bay, I'm yeah. sure for all 400 of their fans that are out there, I'm sure they're very excited about <laughs> winning the Cup. I'm going to take every shot. You have to understand something. Like This isn't about just the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's not specifically for me about the Tampa Bay Lightning. It is all Tampa Bay sports. The Rays, the Buccaneers, and the Lightning. They are all collectively in my heart. And when I say they're in my heart, I mean they're being savagely brutalized to death in my heart because I genuinely hate that city's fan base and I genuinely hate that city's sports teams. But Justin, well, I know, I know why you don't like the, the Buccaneers. That one's easy. Because Rondé Barber still can run yeah. on the field somewhere. And so it was two thousand one, right? Two thousand two. Two thousand two. Joe yeah. Jaravicious <laughs> still running on the rubble of the vet. It hurts. And two thousand four, obviously, the Tampa Bay Lightning knocked out the Flyers in the Eastern Conference Final. But again, I've yeah. al- I've often talked about how much I love that series. I don't hold it with like, you know, vitriol in my heart. I I, I really do enjoy what- going back and watching that series. 
for as mm. painful as it ended up being. It was a good series. So as we look forward, the hope is that the NHL will be able to get themselves going in January again, maybe a little earlier. I'm not sure what their timeline is. But Cameron, this is going to be an interesting offseason, not only for the defending champion, the Tampa Bay Lightning, but also for our Philadelphia Flyers. A lot of decisions will be made. Yeah. A lot of pressure, I think, from the fan base to uh, protect Nolan Patrick. Now, mm-hmm. Nolan Patrick is expected to to come back. The Flyers have all but said he's going to come back. So, with that being said, I would imagine they'll exercise their right to protect him. I don't know mm-hmm. who that will come at the cost of, but I just wouldn't be surprised, Cameron. I, I know it's kind of a hot take. I just wouldn't be surprised if they don't protect Claude Giroux. I wouldn't either. I think that the and way it, that – It the, pains me to say that, but if, if this just is, his age – yeah, he didn't show up. The, in these the young core, he did not show up in these playoffs. Um, and you know, I think most people. I, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that when you look at his age, it's safe to say that's probably not going to get any better in the future. Um, if he's not showing up now, I don't expect him to show up when he's thirty-three. You know, sometimes you now, turn the clock back for a year, but that's usually an aberration. Right. That's normally an it's, aberration. Yeah, it's it's very rare, and and you might get one season where that happens. And who knows? Maybe, maybe that that beast is still inside of him, waiting to get unlocked. But uh, at the end of the day, I think the Philadelphia Flyers are trying to build the young core and build off of that young core. And Giroux used to be a part of that young core a couple of years ago. But let's be real: the guy's on the wrong side of thirty right now. About and, three years past the wrong side of thirty. Right, and that's. <laughs> It's just the nature of the beast, and, it, like, and I, I, it, it hurts. I hate to see it because I, I, I have daydreamed about Claude Giroux lifting that cup. I can't even tell you how many times. And obviously, I, I still want him to be on the Flyers at the end of the day. But if they don't protect him, I can't blame them. I think that it's arguably the right move given the other people that they do want to protect. Well, and on that note. That is where we're going to end today's episode of the Fly Guys podcast. Yes, I know, kind of a weird episode. It starts out with me yelling about the Philadelphia Eagles, and we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning winning the Cup with a uncertainty about Claude Drew. But, I mean, we are pretty much in the offseason now, and there's not as much to talk about. The Cameron and I, you know, we're working on we're working on a project. We got something that up, the, up our sleeves that will be coming out soon enough. In the meantime, be sure to check us out on Twitter, at CameronKline15, at GoodHeartJustin. And as always, let's go Flyers. 